Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith workers reflect on the implications of the pandemic with Sabbath. This conversation was originally recorded in May of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice at you I've been just kind of sharing with y'all my own journey during the pandemic, uh, things I'm thinking about, things I'm learning, and how... Uh, I guess one of the things that I really want to communicate with you is that that the the work that we talk about and do in faith walking is a lifelong journey. We we don't ever get there. We don't ever arrive. We're never done. Uh, it's just always ongoing uh, because you remember the what we deeply believe about transformation is that just information by itself doesn't transform us. It's the practice of that information that transform us, transforms us. And so we keep being transformed and we keep uh, practicing the, the information and the concepts and the principles and the tools that we've learned in faith walking. And they then have the capacity to transform our life. And I am, I'm currently right in the middle of writing a, uh, a piece of content for uh, one of the faith walking modules. Uh, that's our new design system for delivering faith walking. And it led me kind of down a trail uh, that is stirring in me today. Okay. Is that word good enough for you? And, um, and so even the handout today is is totally incomplete. It may not even make sense, okay? It's just some random thoughts. So in some devotional reading that I've been doing this week and in some other reading that I did in conjunction with writing this module, uh, piece of curriculum, some fresh thoughts about the idea of Sabbath emerged for me again. And I know I've talked about this before, and I, I want to just confess that I am, I'm still learning, but it seems like I'm, I'm going deeper, that, that I'm being led deeper into this conversation, into a greater awareness. And I, I, I just want to acknowledge that I'm learning from, uh, from a theologian named Walter Brueggemann. Uh, who is like 86 years old now, and uh, and I'm just so thankful he's still around uh, to write and speak. He wrote a book called Sabbath as Resistance. Uh, it's a little paperback book that's not even 100 pages long uh, that I highly recommend. Uh, my, the devotional book I'm reading is, is a book called Gift and Task uh, that's also done by Walter Brueggemann. And so I, I want to tie it in this way <clears throat> to the pandemic, um, because he said something in there. He's, he, he was talking about he's primarily an Old Testament 
theologian. And so he, he studies the, the Old Testament passages and talks about them quite a lot. And one of his big things is this idea of Sabbath and how it impacts our ability for wholeness, for shalom, for well-being in the world at large. And I'm just going to kind of randomly be sharing some things, okay? So it's not that I don't, I don't have a good outline. I'm just, this is just throwing paint on the wall, okay? Uh, y'all okay with that? If you're not, I don't know what you're going to do because this is all I've got, okay? But uh, so let me start with this. So he, he was talking about the, uh, the exile of the Israelites in the Old Testament into captivity. And, and he talks about the fact that it's a natural consequence of their choice to not do what God had asked them to do. And, uh, and, and the big piece of that was both individually and corporately and, and even with the land, there was a consequence to their lack of Sabbath rest. So when they didn't rest, when they didn't rest in the culture and when the land didn't rest, that there were these consequences that occurred. And, and where I'm going with that, so the first place that I want to go with that is uh, I've been fascinated during the pandemic in watching all of the environmental impact. I don't know if you've seen it on the news, but this last week, uh, you know, the animals, uh, uh, the national parks, uh, and, and last week I saw a picture and I haven't been able to verify its legitimacy. So I may be propagating a, a falsehood. So I just want to acknowledge that, but it impressed me. Uh, and I need to go back and maybe one of you would help me and verify this fact. But I saw a picture of Mount Everest and it was this picture from far away and it was a picture of Everest and, uh, and the, uh, whoever, was talking about the picture said, uh, pointed and, and had an arrow that said, this is Mount Everest way back here. And for the first time in recorded history, we're able to see it from this view because the environment has cleared up. And it just makes me wonder, folks, if our lack of capacity as a culture around the globe I'm talking about the, the culture of humanity, that we have violated Sabbath so much that the consequences of that are a pandemic, and the consequences are of that are that there, there is rest now for creation, and it's getting back in sync with the rhythm and design of God's intention. Now, I, I, that's just fascinating for me. I'm not a scientist, uh, and and I mean, I'm just I'm just a, a nobody. But that's fascinating for me, and it makes me wonder as I connect it to the Old Testament exile, because what what the Old Testament, what Brueggemann talks about when he talks about that is a consequence of their lack of Sabbath was that the land would lie fallow for a while. It impacted the land. And that was one of the consequences. So I just, I want to bring that up today. The other thing that I want to bring up is Brueggemann really, really, really emphasizes in everything I read from him that 
our lack of Sabbath results in uh, things like restlessness, uh, competitiveness, mean-spiritedness, and violence. And one of the things that he does, even he, he starts with the Ten Commandments, and he, he does a study of the, of the link of the Ten Commandments, and the, the command for Sabbath is different than all the rest, and the command for Sabbath is longer than all the rest, and it's right in the middle of all the rest. And, and his contention is this, that when we truly learn how to Sabbath, we learn how to love our neighbor better. And that it's our lack of Sabbath that prevents us from loving our neighbor. Because we are, we are restless and we are anxious and we are competitive. Um, he, he says it this way, uh, the, the insistence of the God of Sinai is to counter anxious productivity with committed neighborliness. And so I, I'm writing about diversity and about polarization and about how we don't do well with diversity and we seem to resist diversity and, and we get polarized as a result of diversity and a result of our own anxiety. And I, I'm wondering if, if we even if we who claim to be Christians would really embrace Sabbath, if we could learn to love our neighbors better, and if we could learn to love people of diversity better, different cultures, different religions, different viewpoints, different ideologies. And, and so Sabbath, as I'm understanding Brueggemann, is is not some legalistic go to church on Sunday. That's not what it's about. Sabbath is about, am I living a life with the rhythm of work and rest and work and rest? And am I really resting? Am I giving up anxiety? Am I really trusting in a God of provision? Um, and so then Sabbath is resistance to, to this way of being that we've got to do more and we've got to produce more and we can't take a day off because we, we'll, we'll miss out on making some money. And I'm, and, and I'm not talking about just individually. I'm talking about corporately. What, what if corporations did Sabbath? You know, what if, what if the whole world did Sabbath and we, and we got into this because, because this is what I believe, because that's the rhythm of God's design. And if we want to keep it all working, so what we're seeing in the pandemic is all sorts of systems are failing. Our health system, uh, uh, our environmental system, uh, our economic system, there are all sorts of, of systems that are failing. And I'm wondering if those aren't the natural consequences of our failure to Sabbath. So here's, so, okay, so I can't change the world and I can't change corporations and I can't change the environment. Yeah, but I can change me, right? And so I, I told you right at the beginning, 
I, it's, it's fascinating because I have gotten busier than I've ever been. I'm working long hours. Uh, I've got meetings every night of the week. I start early in the morning and now every, every little, and, and I, I try to build margin into my calendar and now my margins are getting filled up. You know, I mean, just with, oh, I need this and I need that. And Angela can attest because half of that, she, she needs things from me. And, uh, and I, you know, and I'm trying to keep up, but here's the thing, but I'm managing it. And I, and, and, and what I'm learning is I'm managing it because I'm really having a, a day of Sabbath. So Sunday is my Sabbath, and I really Sabbath on Sunday. But also, I'm taking many Sabbaths every day. And for me, I take a walk. I to, we started at the very beginning. I take a walk every day, and I've gotten to where now I'm walking about a mile. And it's, take, and it's, I'm not, it's not a hard exercise walk. It's just a walk. And it takes me about 20 minutes. And I do it every day, at least once, sometimes twice. I do it as a, as a discipline. And guess what? That 20-minute walk is a Sabbath. Because on the 20-minute walk, I give up all, all whatever I'm worried about, whatever I'm fretting over, whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I'm worried about uh, or working on. And I just let it be a time of refreshment. Because I think that's what Sabbath is. So I guess what I want to uh, invite you to consider is uh, let's let's start at the basics because this is what I've had to confess and and repent of. I didn't really and and still don't completely understand Sabbath. I need to relearn Sabbath, and and so we we use this phrase a lot in in church life and Christian life repentance. But repentance means simply to change the way you think and then reorder your life in a new way. And so about Sabbath, I'm repenting. I'm changing the way I think, and I'm reordering my life in a new way. Uh, and I'm, I'm focusing on it more. I'm, I'm practicing at a, as a discipline more rather than just, oh, yeah, do you go to church? Yeah, I go to church. So, yeah, I practice Sabbath. Uh, and I wonder if more Christians did that, if we would learn to love our neighbors better. One of the things that's kind of a byproduct for me is I'm, I'm seeing my neighbors more and I'm having more opportunity to love my neighbors more during the pandemic. Maybe that's part of it. We're, we're slowing down or at least we're at home. And because we're at home, we have opportunity now to even know who our neighbors are. Yesterday on my walk, I, I met a lady that's building a house down the street, a uh, single woman, and uh, was able to have a chat with her. So now when she moves in, I'm going to know my neighbor. Well, if I wasn't Sabbathing, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. Or if I was just busy, stuck in my office here in my house, I wouldn't have met her. So those are the things that, I, that I'm pondering and thinking about. And I'm, I'm just I'm growing in my awareness and in my belief that God's rhythm is this rhythm of work and rest, and that the rest is mental as well as physical.
So I can rest physically, but not rest mentally. And I haven't sat. So how do I rest with both? How do I rest physically and mentally? And I, I said this uh, to you a few weeks ago, and I want to come back to it because what I'm also learning is uh, because I work with my mind, that physical activity that's not that doesn't drain me physically is Sabbath activity. So a couple of Sundays ago, something I would have never done before, I painted a dresser for my wife for our bedroom. And I did it on Sunday. And I did it, and it was Sabbath rest for me. It it didn't, you know, it didn't exercise a bunch of muscles that I don't normally exercise just with with the paint. It didn't take very long, but but just the opportunity to totally focus on painting and not worry about, think about all these other things was Sabbath for me. So I think Sabbath helps us manage anxiety, reduce it, become less anxious people. And I think that Sabbath enables us to be more engaged with the people around us so that we can share neighborly love and be on mission with God. And I believe, folks, that's what missional is. I, I don't believe we've got to go out with tracks soul winning. I, I think we just go love people well. And the only way we have the ability and capacity to love people well is when we Sabbath. I think it's interesting uh, the connection between Sabbath rest and the land. I think we've lost that in our culture. Uh, the other thing is consumerism is related to our busyness. We mm-hmm. become a nation of consumers rather than servants. Yeah. And it's affected our Christianity. Mine anyway, I don't know about yours, but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's so easy to fall into that same rhythm because that's what everyone else is doing. You know, what can I get? What's what's in it for me? How can I do it better? You know, how can I produce more? Like yeah. you say. Yeah. But that's just uh we've become a nation of users. Yeah. Yep. I hear you, Evelyn. Well, let me do this. Yep. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Real quick. Something I've noticed, which really just crystallized with what you were saying is, you know, this, this pause and by pause, I don't mean necessarily rest, but this, you know, redirection that we've had uh, has completely kind of redirected all my, a lot of my rhythms. And one of the things I've noticed is I don't buy nearly as much as I used to Mm -hmm. because I'm just not going and running errands. And if I'm not running, I'm not spending money. But the thing that's strange, I thought I would be spending online twice as much. And it has been the exact opposite. And I thought Mm -hmm. those things so ingrained that -hmm. they would you no matter what. I mean, presuming I had the money to buy little things on Amazon or whatever. Mm -hmm. Thing has shifted the focus. Our focus changed. We suddenly became uh, aware of something much bigger, you know, that's going mm-hmm. on in the world. And suddenly, like, I don't even have the impulse. It was almost compulsive before. It's like, oh, I need mm-hmm. this 
fucking gadget. Why not get it? It's on Amazon for $7, you know? Mm-hmm. And now like, I just don't think about those things. And I don't even have an explanation mm-hmm. for it fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you, Angela. The same thing's occurring here at our house. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not spending near as much money. I hope it stays. I hope some of this lasts, you know, but I, I'm afraid when we get back into the cycle, right. you know. Right. And and that's why I think this conversation, Angela, I think it will stay when when we say, I need to do this as a practice because it's part of Sabbath. Giving up my buying is part of me resting in the provision of God. And 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 this idea that so so remember, I've 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 got enough already. I don't need more. There will be enough tomorrow. Whatever I need, I'll, I'll get, uh, you know, I, I, I've done enough. Um, okay. I just want to say, I love your connection between mental rest and physical rest, because during the Sabbath, it's really easy not to get mentally rested because of emotional ups and downs. Absolutely. Beautiful. Thank you. So how'd the groups go? What'd you learn? What gets stirred up? What 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 would you like to share? Well, it's, uh, Daniel here. Um, it's great to hear a couple other perspectives. Um, that's always helpful at becoming, you know, more whole is mm-hmm. is getting more perspectives in life and just seeing different walks of life uh is is so great. Um I mean, one of the things that came to mind for me before I even got here was just thinking about um, generational differences. And and there was even a story about, well, what was referenced was when certain like restaurants used to be closed on Sundays and mm-hmm. there were plenty of places. And like, so that has changed. I mean, for good or for bad, Mm-hmm. That's it's hard for me to say, but just I noticed that generationally, like my dad's dad was really focused on work and that resulted in my father being really focused on work and stuff. The main conversation he will have with me is how is work going? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a, it's very, and what I was talking about is very difficult to, to shift these things once we get in habits and patterns and we have to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Daniel. You're exactly. Uh, thank you for sharing that. Good. Yeah. I grew up in those days, you know, of that, uh, of what we called blue laws. Um, and you're right, whether they were good or bad, I mean, uh, and, and whether they, I think the key thing for me is uh, I'm learning just just what really Sabbath was about. I mean, I grew up going to church, and what I grew up with, my first formation was about, oh, you you got to go to church. I mean that that proves you love God, right? And uh, and and just the importance of going to church. I didn't grow up with an understanding though of what Sabbath was really about, and. And my dad was the same way. Work was everything. And uh, and he he did not work on Sunday, but we went to church on Sunday for at least four to five hours every Sunday. 
And so I wonder if my dad really understood Sabbath, if his his own anxiety would have been less and and my experience growing up would have been different as a result of that. But he was doing the best he could. He was doing all he knew how to do. Right. Who else? Laura, you're unmuted. Does that mean you want to talk? Uh, I just forgot to, to mute again. Sorry, Ken. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your answer. I knew it. <laughs> I, I don't. I think I just thought of something as Daniel was talking um, with regards to sort of generations before, you know, like work being such a priority. And I would say that's how we decide to get to know somebody too, right? Like the question's always, what do you do? Which I always hate because it's it can be a pretty sensitive topic for someone. And it's becoming a sensitive topic for people who are unemployed now or unemployed right. or whatever. And so I was like thinking, what if what if we changed the rhetoric? What if we stopped asking people what they do? What if we started asking them what they did for a Sabbath? Um, mm. Like, mm. what if we what if we started a conversation where we're like, hey, so how, what do you do for a Sabbath? Like, how do you spend your? Because that that's where mm-hmm. life is, right? <laughs> I mean, the way that people choose to spend that that time when they're not. I mean, not that people don't you know people have jobs they love. Don't get me wrong. Like, right. Right. I was wondering what if what if we were to ask that kind of question differently? You know, how how what do you do for Sabbath? You know, yeah. what, if that, what if that was the way in to get to know people? Yeah, I love it, Courtney. Um, it it stirs in me a, a second question that really is the answer to your or is part of your question, and and that's the question: What feeds your soul? Yeah. Uh, not not what feeds you spiritually. That's not the question. What feeds your soul? What gives you life? What re-energizes you? Um, and um, yeah, big Deborah. Okay. Yeah, I see um, that hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad you saw it. Uh, yeah, I had mentioned Blue Laws because uh, I had moved to Texas in 1981, and it was such an interesting thing when it started changing. Um, and I think too that though some generations might be known for how they approach life. Some of us in those generations weren't part of our generation in that respect. We had a whole different thing that we were not pursuing the American dream and not overworking in order to get it. The um, So may I interrupt just for a second? Sure. So you were one of those hippies? Uh, I was too young to be a hippie, but somehow something happened in me (laughs) <laughs> where I still am 64, and that's not my point of yeah. life. Yeah. We don't have a lot of stuff. People are very important. And uh, we work a lot around. Uh, most people here know that we're engaged a whole lot with Muslims, and they're collectivist society. Mm-hmm. They don't measure or talk about what we do. And Latin Americans are collectivists. Uh, Southern culture people are collectivists. It's all about who do you belong to? Mm-hmm. Who's your family? What was your family? Mm-hmm. Telling me about that, that that is so much more important than mm-hmm. the job. And uh, I think that's important in the kingdom. Who are our people? Who do we belong to? Who are we sharing life with and engaging with and mm-hmm. talking to? I, I just find that so driving in me, motivating. Yeah. Good. I think it taps into Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because the collective is the neighbor. Uh, so I have the capacity to belong somewhere 
when, when I can relax in who I am and in God's provision for me and in God's provision for me tomorrow. So my neighbor isn't my competitor. We're not competing for jobs or money or things. No more competition. It's just, yeah, we're together. We're being good. Got room for about one more comment. Or we're... Um, uh, yep. I just say, is a couple of things that Courtney and uh, Deborah said uh, um, about uh, work, etc. I'm make, making a general comment here: is that often I've, I've heard it said often when men uh, meet each other for the first time, it's almost inevitable. A lot of the time, I'll say, "So, what's your work? What do you do?" Mm-hmm. And for women, it's, "Oh, how many children have you got? Have you got any children?" And perhaps as Christians, uh, we we should perhaps, it might be an interesting exercise to make a deliberate step back from that and say, well, so what's the Lord doing in your life right now? And connect in a a kingdom way rather Mm -hmm. than in a secular, if I can use that term, Mm -hmm. manner, because primarily we are kingdom people. Absolutely. Good, John. I love it. Yeah. I want to invite you. Uh, I, I think this is so. So where's the place of action for you this week? Uh, I'd, I'd like to just invite you to answer that question. How do you how can you become more intentional with Sabbath? Uh, daily. And weekly. And and just ponder that maybe this week, and maybe you you discover oh, you know what I'm doing a really good job. Sabbath is a key part of my rhythm, and it really is Sabbath, and I'm doing well. Or you might find you know what I could there, and 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 hear me. It's not about doing more or doing better. It's it's about okay. Can I just enjoy Sabbath better? Uh, I think that would that would be my question for the day. Really good conversation as always, group. Thank you for being a part of this. Makes it fun. I love uh, being here and uh, I love this group. Uh, We'll be back again next Friday, 1030 in the morning uh, Central Time here in Texas, where I am and wherever you are. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, Yeah. And uh, as you go this week, uh, enjoy Sabbath. And enjoy uh, the fact that God enjoys you. So, see you next week. For more information about Faith Walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Till I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love Till I'm looking through the eyes of love